0: We're doing it. We're
1: doing it. Again. Again. Ugh. I mean, leave it to us. We've had a pretty good track record with this kind of thing. Yeah. I think it's only happened one time before where we had to, like, genuinely re-record an episode. Mm-hmm. Um. But today is one of those days, and of course it's when we're, like, in kind of a time crunch to, like, record a bunch of episodes ahead of time. Yeah. Because we're about to be separated. But yeah, everything that we're about to say we've said before <laughs> <laughs> but we um had the extreme misfortune well not extreme we had the mild misfortune of um recording an entire episode and it not saving properly
0: yeah it happens to the best of us
1: it literally i mean it does confirmed it happens to the very 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 best of us you and i specifically it just happened to <laughs> Mistakes. Ow. You're very much um, giving my aunt and my Oma. They both are always like wearing shawls and scarves around the house. They love a shawl.
0: Listen, when you're this humble and tiny. I mean, that, that is that is
1: what it is. No, it's that you're really small. And small. so are they. I'm so tiny. Oh, so what am I? Big? <laughs> Well, you are five nine. Thank you, thank you. Uh, and I actually am fine with being big. <laughs> I'm I'm not big, if, you know, by whatever standards society holds. The unfair standards women are no held up. to. There's nothing wrong with being big, but I am five nine, and everyone best remember besties. Right How into tall the pod. do you think I am? Who, you? Not you, but yeah, I want the besties because I get varying. We have like the opposite effect. Everyone thinks you're taller than you are, and everyone thinks I'm shorter than I I'll am. Never forget. And I'm like, how tall do you think we are when you see photos of us together? I'll never forget a
0: pandemic like sex date I went on. Um, like, you know, lockdown. Oh, sex real date. nice,
1: Nika. You were having sex during
0: lockdown? Listen, bitch. It was month nine of not getting nutted in. So yeah, I finally caved. And thought, if I get COVID from this and die, so be it.
1: (laughs) Um, At least I died doing what I love, getting nutted in by a stranger. Seriously, Um, But I remember, like, walking out of my
0: apartment to collect him from the curb. And he, like, made a face. And I was like, what? And he was like, you're just way shorter than I expected. And I was like, oh, how tall did you think I'd be? And he was like, I don't know, like 5'8". Um, and I got that a lot on Twitter. A lot of people think I'm anywhere from 5'7 to 5'9. That's why I put that use this user's 5'11 meme in my story yeah. a few nights ago. I thought it was funny, but no one really got it. Yeah,
1: I was going to say, people are going to believe that. I
0: know. Well, that's why I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I think it's so funny people think that I am 5'11. Yeah. I mean, maybe
1: I am. Right into the pod. Right into the pod. How tall do you think Nika is? Yeah, and then I have the opposite effect where everyone's like, people will be, not even online, people will be looking me in yeah. my eyes and telling me that I'm 5'6". And I'm like, you're. I'm looking down at you right now. I mean, you could tell me
0: anything and I'd believe it. Kevin, friend of the pod, tweeted um, something about, like, I'm literally 5'4". And I was like, <laughs> I texted him and I was like, are you really 5'4"? Like, I was like okay. And he was like, bestie, I'm literally six feet tall. And I was like, well, I knew that, but I'm also always on ketamine. You're not always on <laughs> No, I know. But around, you know, like a few days a week, um, a lot of the time. Um, so I was like, you know, I was like, I do remember kind of having to stand on my tippy toes while I was making out with you. But... Um, I'm also I could be very short. You're you like and for all
1: know. I know I'm 4'9. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> no, literally. I was like, you know, it's all made up. So much like money, height's not real. <laughs> real. <laughs> it's much just like age gap. It's just numbers on a screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, much like age is just a number. Height height is a social construct. Absolute. <laughs> Um, and that's why we here at Best Mistakes have nothing but respect for our short kings because we literally don't know how tall you are at all. We 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 have no conception of that. Um anyway, um we recorded like multiple episodes last night, so next week's episode we actually recorded last night. And We recorded this episode before we recorded that episode, but that version of this episode is now gone. So if it sounds like, you know, (laughs) this week we recorded after next week's, that's the case. Um, And we're sorry about that, but we, but whatever (laughs) deal with it. We're if if this podcast isn't fucking up your um perception of like the space-time continuum, <laughs> then what are we even doing here? You know? We're here to fuck your world up. <laughs> um but yeah, we just had a little sleepover where we recorded for like five hours mm-hmm. last night. We recorded two episodes and two bonus episodes. Thank God the bonus episodes and the second episode we recorded are all they actually saved, and it was fine. So we're only re- re-recording this episode, but um, this is a morning after episode. Yes, blessed be. And by morning, it is 2 p.m., but <laughs> that's what Nika's and my mornings are. And if you're not already on board with that, then, like, what are you even doing here, you know? Um so anyway, if we reference something in this week's Patreon episode about this recording because we recorded the Patreon episode after we recorded the main episode. Mm-hmm. Sorry, it's gone. It's gone to the world. We have sorry. no idea what it is we said, what it is we might be referencing we in the Patreon app. Um that's just like a little mystery for all of us. I'm so bummed because what we recorded yesterday was so funny. But I don't remember anything that we said. I just know that we were laughing really hard.
0: Whatever. This will be funny, too.
1: Well, it isn't so far, so get it together, Nika. Why don't you get it together, Rania? <laughs> you fucking cunt.
0: Um, we just got the most expensive coffee in the world. Fucking ridiculous. Do not go to... What is it called?
1: Altitude Coffee. Don't in... go to Altitude
0: Coffee in Bushwick. It's like... The bagels are fine, but wildly expensive. It's wildly like... It is expensive. like... I got bagel and Lux and... A coffee, it was $13, 16 with a tip.
1: Yeah, $16 with a tip for me too. That's the thing is like... Highway fucking robbery. That, <laughs> that coffee shop just kind of is the definition of the Myrtle Wyckoff gentrification that's happening. Like there are so many good coffee shops in this area that don't charge that much. So I'm like, what, how do you still exist? But I guess, you know, I did patronize it today. So that's how. Yeah. But we only went because our, like the preferred coffee shop was closed. Yes. Because it's Christmas, basically. It's just um, not for
0: three days. Get to work.
1: Get, get back to work. Get like, that...
0: I'm sorry. The 22nd? Do you not <laughs> want to work?
1: I think they're just opened in the
0: mornings oh, this week. No one wants to work in this country. Fucking <laughs> <They can always laughs> bitch and moan. I think I oh, saw that their, me, give me money.
1: their holiday hours I'm were kidding. just in the morning. And I'm like, you know what? Some of us, our mornings are the afternoons. Yeah, and like... so what about... What about us? So what about trust?
0: What about, what about all our broken hearts forever? I love that song. I'm going to listen to that actually today. That should have been on my playlist.
1: Yeah, true. Mm.
0: <laughs> Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. I like that. I like. I also have a
0: playlist for the heartbreak you're going through. Yeah, Anya's just every day is either sending me a meme like clockwork when I'm crying. Yeah, or sending me songs and being like, "This should also go on your heartbreak playlist."
1: Yeah, and even Juicy's in on it now too. Yeah, Juicy <laughs> sent me a song being like, "I really feel like this is this should be like on Nika's heartbreak playlist."
0: <laughs> That's but it was like
1: part, th- the song those to be honest.
0: A lot. I told Juicy, I was like, "I really want to um, set." That person's things on fire to like, that song. To that song specifically. Um, Wait, what? Their <laughs> Oh
1: my god! Um, <laughs> that, that
0: definitely picked up. <laughs> I mean, I guess I could say it. I want to set this person's orchids on fire. I don't know why that would be the one thing <laughs> that of all of this that I would like leave out. Um, like it's if you know, you know, and by now you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. To
1: that song, those lyrics just slapped the most like fucking like I'm gonna start jogging all queer your New York City life. sentence is like <laughs> I want to set this person's orchids on fire that sounds like a like <laughs> that sounds like a Tumblr post oh, baby true. you set my orchids on fire
0: yeah, I'm gonna start like running while you're in Mexico to like these songs. You come back, I'm like
1: healthy all of a sudden. Yeah, while well, just well, for t- <laughs> while I'm running from the law in Mexico, yeah. you're you're running uh, um, for health and away from your feelings. Yeah, uh, I wish that I didn't
0: get. Actually, now that I don't smoke, I should try it. I loved running when I was in middle school. In really, high school. I <sighs> was I was in track in middle school, and then I didn't do it in high school because I just was really insecure about how much of a faggot I was. Um, <laughs> Have you
1: seen the movie Brittany Runs a Marathon? No, but I remember when that came out. You should watch it. Okay, I will. It's very much like, you know... Going from like your emotional rock bottom to like accomplishing a very like tangible goal, and it's just like a very feel good movie. But the thing that happens to be the thing that she wants to do is running. You know. Yeah, I mean,
0: one of my bucket list goals is to one day run the New York City
1: Marathon. Oh my god, really? Could never be not
0: anytime soon. I'm
1: definitely gonna be at the sidelines, absolutely (laughs) cheering you on. Yeah. Maybe when I get my knee replaced eventually, I'll do that. But literally, you saying that just made my bad knee go like light on fire. I think I well, if I don't,
0: I mean, my thirty year old. goal is to hike the Appalachian how do you say Appalachia, Appalachia
1: you know it's one of life's greatest mysteries the nobody Appal- knows Appalachia. literally nobody knows Appalachia. Um, <laughs> that trail I would like to hike that
0: solo when I'm 30 but maybe I'll just do the New York Marathon instead I feel like doing that trail is something I'd rather do when one of my parents die sure kind of a la Reese Witherspoon and Wild
1: <clears throat> is that what makes her go?
0: yeah her mom dies and she has a it. drug problem and like everything falls apart um, it's not right after her mom dies, but yeah, it's like her mom dies. She has a drug problem. A her real, leaves her. when it
1: rains, it pours. Yeah, kind of... Should,
0: Wild is really good. Charles Straden is, is an amazing writer. I love everything she I mean,
1: writes. I've heard great things and I watched yeah. the trailer and even the trailer made me like tear up. Yeah, but yeah, she hikes. Um, she doesn't do that
0: trail. She does, I think she does the Pacific.
1: Yeah, it's like, because there's like scenes in like Alaska,
0: right? Or something yeah. like that. Yep, yep. Yeah, she does that whole trail, um... And it's like brutal, but it seems so cathartic.
1: No, I mean, I grew up on the Long Trail. Yeah. Like, I grew up with um, that being a huge part of my like uh, awareness of the world. Is that people come were coming through my town because they were like in the midst of that hike mm-hmm. on um, from Georgia to Maine. Maybe that's when I should start with. Maybe I'll maybe I'll do that for thirty. That's a little bit better.
0: What do you mean better? Isn't the um, Appalachian Trail longer than that?
1: I don't think so. Oh. Wait, hold on. I Let me check. Um, Whichever one's the shorter one is the one I'll do. Appalachian Trail. <clears throat> Let's see. I mean, I think the Appalachian Trail is that trail from oh, Georgia okay. to Maine. And then, the, like, we call it the Long Trail in Vermont because there's a portion of it that is just called the Long Trail, and oh, it's the part okay. that goes through Vermont. So if you do just the long trail, like the long trail is just a portion of the Appalachian Trail. Um, Let me see. The long, yeah, the long trail is just the part that's in Vermont, I think. Um, Like we just named, like Vermont is such a fucking, Vermont is obsessed with being like its own thing that's separate from everything. So we're like, yeah, you can have your trail go through here, I guess, but. We're gonna, oh, you know what? Actually, the long trail and the Appalachian Trail, what I'm, what I'm seeing now, all the hikers that listen are like screaming at the top <laughs> of their lungs, correcting me. The long trail and the Appalachian Trail overlap for a portion okay. in the, in southern Vermont, but then the long trail splits off and goes all the way up to northern Vermont. Like, it's it's the trail that goes through the entirety of Vermont. And the Appalachian Trail only goes through southern Vermont. So, like, at a certain point... I think literally in my hometown or right near my hometown is where it splits off, where you can either keep going all the way to Maine or you can just do the, like, Vermont portion and go up to, like, Canada. But, um...
0: Yeah, I really want to have my Into the Wild moment. That movie left an indelible impact on my young little spirit.
1: Yeah, I mean... A huge part of my coming of age, a huge part of my coming of age, no pun intended, my coming was fucking hikers hikers coming through my town. And like when they stayed in the hostels in my town, um, I would literally just like hunt them like an animal (laughs) when I turned 18 (laughs) because they're so hot. By the time they're in Vermont, they've been hiking for like months. So their bodies are just like fucking pure muscle. And they have like those long beards and yeah. they're just like they're in the middle of like a really profound life experience. So like I got to be like part of that story to them. Like I got to be one of the one of the moments on their long trail <laughs> or their Appalachian Trail experience. Um, and that was hot to me. I was like, yeah. And then you fucked a co-op cashier in <laughs> Rutland, Vermont. Um, and then I did famously fall in love with one of them. And by that, I mean my projection of them because I only spent like two days with Mm -hmm. them. But that was a huge part of my like being 18 was me being like hopelessly in love with this guy from Georgia who I was never going to see again. And I to this day have never seen Mm -hmm. again. But we like texted for a while. So I like had hope about it. Yeah. Um, and I think he lived in Savannah. So when I was there this past year, it did cross my mind. I was like, I bet he and his like wife that was like definitely his girlfriend at the time oh, that he like God. cheated on while he I mean, I I bet they had like a, yeah. an agreement that while he was on the trail, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. But I'm like, I bet they're just like in this city still right now. Oh, I God. don't know. But but yeah, anyway, that could be you. You could be hiking through towns and fucking local teenagers if you want. Coming Legal down. ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with
0: parents' consent. <laughs> yeah,
1: um... my, my parents gave their written consent. <laughs> <laughs> for me to fuck the hikers coming through Rutland. Oh my God. But it has, I mean, I'm not, I've never been particularly called to it because it, it sounds like such, it's like literally months and months and months of you, like, living in the woods and, like, There's like, you know, people have their trail name yeah, and they like it. I mean, it sounds great. It sounds like um, definitely an experience for when you're going through like your quarter life crisis or midlife crisis or, you know, just kind of any crisis. Yeah. But it hasn't particularly called to me.
0: Yeah. I've wanted to do it for years. I am. It would be miserable and I would love to do that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure.
0: You know, I love doing shit that people would never expect me to do. And I already did politics, so the next thing is hiking. The
1: next thing is long-form hiking. Yes. Yeah, I think if I were to do it, I would bring a dog. But not Buffy. Buffy yeah. would hate it. Maybe I'll have a dog by then. Maybe I'll
0: have the Russian Borzoi of my dreams by then.
1: <laughs> I don't know. If, <laughs> do you think those dogs
0: are like hiking dogs? Oh. They love exercise, so maybe okay. yeah. They're like they're obsessed with running.
1: I think um, right. But you, you're not going to want to run that well, no, dog. I'll, I'll very often, a German
0: Shepherd. Anyway, I'm not going to get a Russian boardsway
1: Right. We'll end up having a ship Well, also, I think a oh, kind of a
0: German Shepherd and hiking. Sorry, I just turned myself on a little bit. Yeah.
1: No, I mean that sounds so great. Hot, with like, yeah.
0: really long hair.
1: <laughs> and like your leg hair grown out but like mm-hmm. it's like sun bleached because you've been like <laughs> yes. in the sun for like Oh my months. god with my
0: puka shell necklace that I bought in Florida <laughs> when I visited my mom over the summer.
1: <gasps> oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for you to like have your <laughs> chest plate like crossed out and there to be in your your new chest plate to be your like trail name. Trail name. Whatever that might be.
0: Gertrude. Uh-huh. <laughs> Gertrude. <laughs>
1: My trail name would be Shailene Woodley. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll have, you, you'll like have the trail version of that movie where she's stuck yes, on adrift. a... Yes, adrift. Yeah, on, on that ship. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> well, anyway, besties, something that we haven't even really discussed yet because we se- spent so much time talking about it on... The first version of this episode is that this is the last time we're seeing each other for almost three weeks. Yeah, and I'm fine with it. I was sad last night, and then today she's I, processed. Today it. I woke up and I
0: decided I was going to shut myself down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just power
0: down. Just I'm powering down for the next two point seven weeks.
1: Yeah, D- yeah. You did the math. It's two point seven.
0: It's two point seven. It's nineteen days.
1: Oh my god! What? Have we ever done that before? you're the one who decided to go away for that long. Shut the fuck up. You were supposed to
0: come on this trip. I'm joking. It's not that. It's this week combined with that. No, I know. Yeah, it would just be two two straight weeks for that. Yeah. Yeah, well, I was going to go on this trip, and then, you know, I got my heart broken. So, (laughs) and that's just the way the cookie crumbled this year. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. I'm broke. But, you know, the being heartbroken played into how much I felt like trying to scrounge together. Yeah, I
1: mean, if you were just heartbroken, you'd probably make it work. If you were just broke, you would probably make it work. But it's the combination of of the two brokenness. Heartbroken
0: and broke, and heartbroken via the person who will be on the trip. Right. Yeah yeah that's that's the thing everybody they will be on the trip
1: yeah and
0: you tell me how much uh, you want to be in another country it's one thing to be an uber right away but another <laughs> country I don't want to go to a Mexican prison <laughs> I I mean I, you know I'm just speaking my truth here I have to say it, so I don't do it
1: <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna like h- listen to this episode and like hire security for their orchids <laughs> <laughs> for while they're gone
0: oh god but yeah i'm not gonna set anyone's orchids on fire don't worry it would be funny in theory i would never do that to an orchid <laughs> <laughs> when well, they have nothing to do with this they have no skin in the game it's <laughs> fucked up oh, my god should have sold that dior shirt though i think about that every night
1: you're having a real tie and clueless moment where you're like, I'm going to burn everything that makes me think of him. And it's like, you were never dating. Uh, no, we weren't. No, I mean, I'm saying that mostly about her and her little shoebox of things to, that she's going to yeah. burn. But that's you with the, the dress. I mean,
0: that dress was $600, and I need to buy my ticket to Somos.
1: Yeah, so, so if anyone wants to buy Elise a Jacquemus... going to sell it on her...
0: Yeah, if you want a Jacquemus size 36 dress, you let me know. I'm selling it for $400, but Elisa's going to sell it on Depop. Okay, And then give cool. me the the money.
1: Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Oof. Oof, that's... um. Petty, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love that for I don't you. I want it. <laughs> have you ever worn it?
0: I wore it one time to try it on when he bought it for me. And did you not like it? Not really. No. Oh my god, really? It wasn't even one of the ones that I said I wanted. And he insists that it is. I would have never chosen that dress. It's not my style. Interesting. Yeah. No, I don't like it. <laughs> um, it's cute. Yeah, it's like objectively a nice dress. Yeah. But, yeah, no, if I liked the dress, I wouldn't be selling it. I would hold on to it and, like, mm-hmm. wear it and be
1: like, this is my revenge dress and
0: Princess Diana.
1: Yeah, you'd, like, take hot photos hanging out with, like, his friends in yeah, that dress. Yeah, I don't even like it. Yeah. So. <laughs> so. off to Depop it goes. Yeah.
0: And then to Somos I go. <sighs> oh, Buffy is so cute. Sorry, everyone. I'm petting Anya's dog stomach. I'm kind of scratching it, really. <laughs> Should we segment?
1: If, if that ASMR is coming <laughs> through, that's just a dog getting her little belly scratched. Yes. Yeah, let's segment.
0: Mistakes, keep and hot tics.
1: Um, Well, my
0: mistake, I'll keep the same, which is that I was uh, talking about this um, drama that I've been in the thick of, and I unintentionally put a friend in the middle of it, um, which is not a fun place to be. So that's my mistake. Um, involving someone else in my mess, in my slop. Keepsake. I said I'm going home for Christmas this year. I didn't get to go home last year. Um, please hold the collective judging <laughs> if anyone's thinking of doing it. Um, mostly because I don't care.
1: Yeah. It's going <laughs> to fall on uh, ears. deaf ears. Is that an ableist term or phrase?
0: Hard of hearing ears.
1: Okay. my God. I don't know. I can't keep up. Kind of like you're not supposed to say, supposed to say blind spot anymore. All right. <laughs> I, know, I mean, I don't know. I'm no, just wondering. I know, it's just too
0: much. <laughs> they, them, like, oh, you know. It's just. Ronowns. Well. Fucking. Gender identity. <laughs> oh, my Um, And my hot take. Okay, my hot takes. So we were talking about it today. My hot take is that the hottest. Um, men in the LGBTQ community are straight bisexuals. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, if you are a straight bisexual, hit
1: my line. And if you need any um kind of context on like what's a straight bisexual, like there are two types of bisexuals in this world: yes. straight bisexuals and gay bisexuals. Yes. And I say that as a bisexual who, if anyone who wasn't bisexual said something like like that to me, they'd be dead. Um, on yeah. site, but uh. It's just true. Yeah. They're bisexuals of the gay experience and bisexuals of the straight experience. And there's a few of us, I would count myself maybe among them, yeah. that are bisexuals of the bisexual experience, mm-hmm. but it's very rare. You're either a mostly, like, not, it's, it's not even in the people that you date, it's in the world that you occupy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And yeah, straight bisexual men. I mean, they're also kind of insufferable because they're the ones who go on, like, field and, like, call themselves heteroflexible at yeah. first.
0: If my Atlanta Pride crush is listening, are you a straight bisexual? (laughs) Let
1: me know. (laughs) There are multiple people who I think think that they're your Atlanta Pride. My Atlanta Pride. Who? I mean, that person probably doesn't even think of themselves as your Atlanta Pride crush Oh, I'm speaking
0: specifically about if I met you at Atlanta pride and you live in Atlanta
1: okay great because it's yeah. not like during Atlanta pride they were your like, oh crush. for sure.
0: I meant to say my Atlanta crush and I just said pride okay it was there like we a go reflex. yeah my Atlanta crush um,
1: are you bisexual and are you a straight bisexual <laughs> but are you bisexual I mean at this point they're probably a, like if anything they're a gay bisexual yeah but are you bisexual
0: let me know <laughs> Because I'll come to Atlanta.
1: Oh. I will come to Atlanta. <laughs> for for the right bisexual, you'll find me in Atlanta.
0: Absolutely.
1: Oh, the bisexuals you'll find mm-hmm. in Atlanta. <laughs> or pansexuals, or whatever they want to call themselves. Um. Okay. My mistake this week. I mean, my mistake is just like, I got caught up in the COVID anxiety of it all, Mm. Um, and I just feel that this little chunk of time that we're in, this new variant and everything, has deeply triggered and emotionally regressed the entire population, and everyone... Um, was brought back to their March 2020 selves in a way that was not cute. And we should all be really, um, <laughs> reeling that in mm. because it's not helpful for any of us. And it's just a lot of like everyone, um, just being traumatized. It's a group trauma response. And yeah. I participated in it and I let myself be like, just kind of like anxious and annoyed um for a few days in this way that like just was such a waste of my emotional energy Mm -hmm. um so yeah that was my mistake is just like letting this uh letting the continual bullshit that is this pandemic and the mismanagement of this pandemic like have that much power over my like general state of mind, which I know isn't like my fault, but I wish I like caught it sooner. Like now that I recognize it for what it was, it's easier for me to snap myself out of it. Cause obviously I'm still feeling a lot of those feelings. Like we all are, but it's my mistake was like, not having that perspective on it sooner Mm -hmm. because I do think it's a very helpful perspective. Like if anyone else is struggling this week with like, you know, feeling like we're in March, 2020 all over again. And just like, feeling kind of um, micromanaged by the people around you and, or feeling compelled to micromanage the people around you and, or feeling um, like a new found sense of like existential fear. Mm-hmm. That's all valid to like feel, but I encourage you to like kind of take a step back and see that so much of what you're feeling is because you're literally being triggered like, as much as that word is annoying and overused, we're, like, all being, like, we all just opened a time capsule from spring 2020. Yeah. And we're being, like, enveloped in all of that, like, fear and emotion and um, uncertainty. And it's just not helpful. It's not doing anything for us to, like, exist in that space. Yeah. Um, so that was my mistake my keepsake is just that this is our last week together in before the year of 2021 before <laughs> i mean who knows anything could happen the look nika just gave me oh my
0: god <laughs> It's like you're going to be in a foreign country. So much could happen. I'm not going to be there. And then you go and you make a joke like that. I'm sorry. Do you know the kind of hostage situations that could take place that I'm not going to be there? To protect me from? To use my body as a human shield in. Ugh. I swear to God, I'll be so pissed.
1: if I find out that you um, died in a way that I could have been a human shield for, ooh. Gonna, ooh, <laughs> uh, oh my y- yada.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, don't worry if I if anything happens, and I'm like hold on a second. This seems like I might die (laughs) in a way where if Nika had been here, she would have saved my life as being a human shield. I'll just kind of, you know, talk it out with them. I'll explain the situation. I'd be like, can we like pencil? Can we put a pin (laughs) in this? She's getting on a plane right now. (laughs) Just like pencil in like same time next month. I just got to bring my bestie because she's really going to want to be here for this. (laughs) Great. great, great. Yeah. Don't worry. I'll make sure that that happens. Um, It's the last time that me and Anya are ever going to be together again. In the year of
0: twenty (laughs) twenty one. In the year. (laughs) Twenty twenty one. Of twenty twenty.
1: Um, (laughs) twenty twenty one. I'm joking. (laughs) And so, my keepsake, if I may, may I? I guess. My keepsake is yours. What's your keepsake? (laughs) Uh, I. You know what? I need a break from this. I don't want to see you until next year. Great. Yeah. Why don't you go hang out with your real friends? Stomp, stomp, stomp. <laughs> creek slam. Why don't you go um, spend New Year's Eve with your real best friends? <laughs> well, that's the plan. Great. Same. Oh, good. Cool. Saying. I'm yeah. glad we're I'm glad we're spending New Year's Eve with the people that we wished we had spent New Year's Eve with last year. Yeah, me too. Because we were just kind of stuck with each other last yeah. year. And so I'm glad I'm like having a chance to redo that. Yeah, um, me too. so my keepsake my keepsake is that um we no matter what we do we always find a way to like have fun together it's now it's now it's ruined because i was trying to be sincere and now we were just fake mean to each other for long enough that i don't get on with it my keepsake is like you know spending three hours in a covid testing line together and like it, that's still being fun and like you being my partner in life and in this year that we just had together and like coming to that COVID line with a hot latte for me and buying me pizza afterwards and just being, um, the best friend that I could possibly ask for. And like even in our limited time left together this year. (laughs) Um, And, you know, part of that time needing to be spent doing stupid bullshit, like waiting for hours in a COVID testing line, like we always find a way to have our little life together. Yes. So that's my keepsake, bitch. God, I can't wait to see you again <laughs> my hot take my spicy hot take um listen when we originally recorded this my hot take was covid related and now I'm just bored I'm bored of all the covid talk TBH um, so I'm not even gonna go there um, but just know that <laughs> boy oh boy are some of y'all fucking annoying me <laughs> but that's i'll leave it at that okay but my hot take is that um uh national coming out day is every year for a reason <laughs> and so if you're not like every year discovering new things about yourself discovering new things about your gender and sexuality. Um, If you're not exploring those parts of yourself year after year after year, you're not doing the work. Okay. Coming out one time 10 years ago is the new straight. Yes. That is my hot take. Um, (laughs) all the really queer people I know are ever evolving and, um, Mm. their own internal landscape is changing as the landscape changes around them, you know? um, sexuality and gender is a constant conversation with yourself and with your with the world um, and I'm like kind of being funny because obviously some people are like this is who I am and that feels right forever and great congrats on being someone I don't want to really hang out with mm-hmm. <laughs> but the the real ones the real girlies and they they <laughs> and I guess I don't know boys mm-hmm if that's what you discover about yourself is that you're a boy sometimes then like fine. Um I don't know, are like just in that uh constant conversation with themselves, I think. Yeah. I think that's what queerness really is. Queerness is seeing that there are no bounds to all the possibilities of yourself. Yeah. Um and if if you want to be the new straight, be the new straight. That's fine. But I don't claim you is all I'm saying. Agreed. <laughs> then, That's my hot take. Um, <laughs> and also, if you're being annoying about COVID right now, like, shut the fuck up. That's yep, my other hot take. For sure. Um, and I don't mean that in a let's not take care of our most vulnerable members of society. And if you're putting those words in my mouth, you're part of the problem. Just Stop micromanaging the people around you. you know, like you we know. haven't all just been living through the fucking last two years we've been living through and people are doing their best. Fine. I will, I'll give an honorable mention to my hot take yesterday, which is that the people, like I said, the people who are vaccinated, boosted, wearing masks in spaces where they should be wearing masks and are like generally conscious people are not your target demographic for like releasing your COVID frustrations. Yeah. Stop eating each other alive when there are people who are literally covid deniers and like people in the government that have that don't give a fuck whether we live or die and you're letting out your anger on the other people who care Yep. Yeah. okay that's i'll leave it at that because okay. <laughs> i do think it's worth mentioning anyway fuck up of the week The Joe Manchin.
0: Yes, uh, Joe Manchin um, fucking over Build Back
1: Better. Yeah. Um, and in like in tandem, therefore, Joe Biden fucking up everything. The Democratic Party continues to fail us. And so that's more of just like, like an ongoing fuck up. But this week, it really um, came to another fantastic failure honestly impressive impressive how committed to doing nothing they are yeah. <laughs> i'm impressed <I> admire it <laughs> i mean honestly same Mm -hmm. also committed to doing absolutely nothing Nothing. like i get it if you just want to vibe out and lay in bed all day do that but don't be president if that's your (laughs) if that's your if if that is your vibe like absolutely don't guilt us all into voting you for president for Uh president Uh just like vibe out and watch tv all day like the rest of us (laughs) i would not hate joe biden if that was just what he was doing as a person (laughs) but it's as president that i have a problem Mm. with so true. To me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm anti productivity too. <laughs> like, listen, that I'm a communist. That in theory I have no issue with. It's just the position that you put yourself in before not doing anything productive yeah. that is um really grading me. Um so anyway, abolish the state, um and communism is the only answer, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Anyway, Let's thank some patrons. Let's do it. I'll tell you who we're not going to thank. We're not going to thank Joe Biden (laughs) for anything. (laughs) Thanks a a lot, Biden. I just start using, like, Republican jokes about (laughs) Joe Biden. Maybe that's my next um, personality trait is just adopting Republican jokes about Democrats. Um... Okay. Thank you to the following patrons. Emily Joe. Thanks, Emily. Anna Mueller. Thanks, Anna. Um, Liana. Thanks, Liana. And Faisal Bader. Thank you,
0: Faisal.
1: And um finally uh Fritz Pierre. Thanks, Fritz. Thank you all so much for your support. This was our last patron thank you of the year because we do not do um, a patron shout out for the New Year's episode. But if you are a patron and you'd like to be shouted out in 2022 and you have not been shouted out yet, please, first of all, sign up for our Patreon if you haven't yet. We have a lot of really great bonus eps. And then once you're signed up, make sure to message us, um, exactly how you would like to be shouted out because we don't want to say anyone's last name that doesn't want their last name said we don't want to shout out anyone who doesn't want to be outed publicly (laughs) as a supporter of our rhetoric (laughs) um but we can't wait to shout out another group of patrons in 2022 love you love you um speaking of patrons our listener mistake this week comes from one of the patrons we just shouted out it's a really good one it is Um, simply the best, better than all the rest is a little bit how I feel. I mean, we've had some pretty great listener mistakes, but this is a really good one. And I guess content warning, um, for abusive relationships.
0: Listener
1: mistakes. So Anna writes in, um, I'm German listening from Austria and would have never thought that I would subscribe to a Patreon, but I enjoyed your Twitter presence so much. I started listening to your podcast and I'm now looking forward to your weekly episodes on Spotify and Patreon. I heard you were running low on mistakes. So I wrote up one of my biggest ones. I hope it's not too long and it's not too long. Anna. Thank you. Or Anna. What do we think? Is the German pronunci- pronunciation Anna or Anna?
0: Um, I think it can be both.
1: Great. Um, so after finishing school, I went to Mexico for a year and met my first ever boyfriend there. Long and painful story short, I fell madly in love and found myself isolated from absolutely everybody in an, in an emotionally and physically abusive relationship. I guess my mistake was that I let it come to a point where I had no one else to turn to, but that was also dictated by external circumstances, i.e. being in a foreign country with an unstable living situation, at one point being financially dependent on this boyfriend, um, I, I had stayed 12 months instead of 11 months because he had explicitly asked me to stay a month longer in that month, his ex-girlfriend whom he had, whom he had not gotten over visited Mexico for the first time in five years. And I found myself in my last month in mes- Mexico, hysterically crying in his, in his student apartment, uh, in Mexico city while he spent most of the time with her at his parents' house. <laughs> God, true. Ugh. True shithead behavior, um, wow. real piece of shit behavior. IMO, um, I, um, I want to get Sarah
0: Paulson screaming <laughs> an American Horror <laughs> Story just for that part.
1: Um, He's when, I, <laughs> 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 when I getting bla- f- away. <laughs> when I flew back, when I flew back to Germany
0: six times. You want to say that three times fast? When
1: I flew back, I love that you <laughs> fucked up in making fun of me fucking up. <laughs> That was a real best mistake, bestie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Emma Stone just came on the pod. Oh, I was thinking someone else, but yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, sorry. Back to your mistake. When I flew back to Germany, I got into a relationship but still wasn't over him and due to this and trying to overcome the trauma of my abusive relationship treated this poor guy pretty badly. My ties to my abusive ex only... Ended when he informed me that he, 23 years old, was in a relationship with the exchange student who had come into his parents' house after I'd left, about whom he had told me not to worry since she was 15 years old. Ugh. And we're not even an age difference. No, that's a lot, though. Yeah. That we're, years, we're not, uh, we're not um, the age gap police here on this podcast, but that is unacceptable
0: <laughs> so up.
1: like actually disgusting uh, can you imagine no a 15 year old that's like living with your parents and is like technically
0: that's some real ryan adams bullshit
1: <sighs> yeah it is um God, I wonder how that 15-year-old is doing now. Like um, I how read that all, all about it
0: because I was gonna do that for a mistake.
1: Oh, I don't even mean Ryan. At- I mean this oh, 15-year-old. Oh I was like, "Where did you read all about it? Are you and Anna texting?" <laughs> right now. <actually. laughs> um right now. This mistake was a reiteration of harmful patterns I had experienced in childhood and through this still affects my relationships to this day. However, the only reason why I call it my best mistake is because it gave... It gave me the perspective to truly understand the countless women and people who have been in abusive relationships of every kind. I used to not understand thinking, why didn't they just leave, etc. But now I can really grasp how it is to be in a situation like that. Furthermore, I'm extremely conscious of how to support people in abusive relationships. If you tell us to break up, we will alienate ourselves even further. Therefore, one has to, hel- one has to help the person while not setting an ultimatum for them to leave the relationship. This was 2015 to 2016, and now I'm in a healthy, loving relationship with a woman who gives me the love and space to work on my relationship dynamics and coping strategies. So it all worked out in the end. Whew, I mean, yikes. Shout out to. Um, the very healthy takeaway and it seems like the healthy patterns that you were able to establish in reaction to this all happening. And also you're gay. And also you're gay and shout out to that. Thank... Hey, let's celebrate Hey! Let's celebrate that. Hello. Hello. Um, I've
0: only done cocaine four to six times. Um... (laughs)
1: I love the idea of people not knowing that reference, and they're like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> and I'm, and we're not going to expand further. No, if you know, you know. If, you know. if
0: you don't know, do you live under a rock? <laughs> One of like the most iconic pairings of celebrities ever. That like moment, that yes. moment in time.
1: Yeah. Well, anyway, Anna. I mean, th- thank you so much. First of all, for sharing such a vulnerable story. It's not easy to like talk about these things and um, to look back on them with such like a healthy and evolved perspective is something you should be proud of I think Um, and I really like that part of what you've taken away from this mistake is how to treat other people that are going through the same thing and like how to be as supportive of you as supportive as you can to the people who are um, who do not currently have the perspective that you have due to your lived experiences, yeah. um, and yeah, hopefully, somebody listening to this podcast right now can take something away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, congrats on being gay. Let's celebrate that. Yeah. Um. Deep dive. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Nika. Dive deep. <laughs> deep dive
0: deep dive so in 2017 as you famously all know if you've been listening to the podcast for long enough i ran for state rep um and the person who kind of got me to run for state rep was Sid mckenna who i've also talked about on the podcast so she was managing my campaign um Sid McKenna is, like, a very cool black woman. And I say that she's a black woman because it offers context for this mistake and the whole race. Very cool black woman from the neighborhood. The political race. The yeah. political <laughs> race. Um, very cool, just, like, very chic woman. She worked in city politics in Providence for years. She worked in D.C. She's kind of worked all over. Um. She famously came back to Rhode Island in 2014 to run Buddy Cianci's mayoral campaign before he died. If you remember, I did an episode about Buddy Cianci a few months ago, who was a disgraced mayor of Providence, two-time mayor who went to prison and then ran again and then again. Um, And so she was running my campaign and... Then midway through my campaign, she decided that she was going to run for the recently vacated, soon-to-be-vacated city council seat in Ward 13 um, on the west end of Providence. Um, And I decided that I was going to drop out and work on her campaign instead because I couldn't really conceive of running as a first-time candidate without someone like Sid running my race. So I followed her. I started working on her race. The other person running, there were multiple people running, but the two, like, highest, you know, the two contenders for the race were Sid McKenna and then Rachel Miller. Now, Rachel Miller is a white woman in her 40s. I believe she's in her 40s. Um, Not from Providence. Um, She moved to the ward, I think, in the mid-2000s. She's a leftist organizer, has, you know, very, like, Bernie Sanders politics. Sid McKenna on the other Uh, side of the spectrum, is more of a Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, kind of like, you know... A lib. A lib. Very much a lib. Like a girl power, representation politics lib. Um, I am not. At the time, I wasn't then either, but I was working for her and Nick Audiello, who's running for State Senate, and he was like a Pete Buttigieg lib. Mm -hmm. So I was working for the libs. Um, (laughs) And the way the end of end of mistake (laughs) the way that the campaign was going was that it was like a pretty ugly campaign Rachel Miller's team was uh, running in my opinion and in Sid's opinion they were running like a dirty campaign it was like a lot of nasty personal attacks on Sid she worked for buddy Cianci they tried to paint her as being a gentrifier because she like was a homeowner in the neighborhood like you know like a landlord. um so jo- lots of like shit that was working and it was pissing me off because the ward itself is very much like the Bushwick Ridgewood of Providence. It's like recently very gentrified and it's a lot of young white kids who have like, you know, not to shit on their politics, kind of like no idea how politics in a city like Providence work. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of reminds me of how like many of us were last summer Or two summers ago in New York during Mm -hmm. the protest where we, like, didn't really understand, like, how city politics worked. But we, like, still wanted to be active in it. Right. Um, So it was a lot of that. It was driving me crazy. I was drinking a lot at this point. um, Kind of blacking out, like, (laughs) Monday to Sunday. Um, And so I finally had it. And I... I don't remember what prompted me, like what specific event it was, but I decided that I was going to call Rachel Miller and really let her have it. Um, And boy, did I ever. But she didn't answer the phone, so I went straight to voicemail. I don't really remember what I said because I was blackout, but I do remember calling her a fucking bitch. (laughs) I made fun of her teeth. I told her she, she got adult braces. Um, I told her that I'd been looking at her Facebook pics and that she should go back to dyeing her hair brown because with gray hair, she looks like she's 65. Oh,
1: my God.
0: Um, I called her a fucking gentrifier. Um, I told her that her team. Oh, I remember what prompted the voicemail. Actually, this is more of the mistake. So I left that voicemail. What prompted the voicemail was that I saw her campaign manager um, at the hot club in Providence that night. And got into a fight with him because I also was blackout and on Adderall because I'd been working that day <laughs> on the campaign. Um, and I verbally accosted him and then left her a voicemail. So that those are both, you know, the two mistakes. Um, anyway, <laughs> Rachel did get the voicemail. She did listen to it. People heard about it. She never yelled at me about it. To this day, we're friendly when we see each other. You know, when I was still smoking cigarettes, she'd give me a cigarette I asked for one. We've, like, had some drinks together. She is the councilwoman. She really wiped to the floor with us. Won <laughs> by a landslide.
1: Did you ever... You apologized
0: ever? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. I just said that I was sorry and that it was... Uh, had nothing to do with her and more to do with how protective I felt of Sid Um, And that I just couldn't stand her campaign team because I couldn't and I still can't. I still Mm -hmm. think they're like a bunch of annoying fucking like they're just like the worst kind of leftists. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So that's my deep dive about the time that
1: I harassed a now elected official. Well, much like. uh, How did I even relate this yesterday? Much like your. Um, political involvement leading to what is ultimately non-political conflict with consequences outside of the policies and concerns at hand. Um, So, too, is the QAnon politicization of um, fake sex trafficking conspiracies and the effect that these conspiracies have had on real people and has even resulted in people's deaths so let's talk about it
0: best mistake
1: this week's best mistake i am talking about specifically the wayfair child sex trafficking um conspiracy theory that swept the nation in summer of 2020 and my main source is the Washington Post article by Jessica Contrera um, published this past week um, called a QAnon con how the viral wayfair sex trafficking lie hurt real kids Um, this article is really good it's fantastic journalism in my opinion and if what i talk about today is compelling to you at all i encourage you to go read this article because she did some really amazing work and i um i'm not just gonna like verbatim rip off her article i'm just gonna give us some of the like i'm here to highlight specifically the mistakes yeah. in this case but if you want to dive even deeper I encourage um, everyone to turn their attention to this piece so and the article is like more about like the entire story and I'm going to kind of make it I'm I'm going through it a little bit more chronologically and a little bit like I said I'm going to talk more about like specifically what I think the mistakes of this whole situation was So let's talk about it. If you were around and online in 2020, which, hey, who among us wasn't? It was the only place we were allowed to be (laughs) was online. Um, You remember, I'm sure, the, (laughs) the period of time where there was like a bunch of there was a whole frenzy around this conspiracy theory that Wayfair was selling children on their website. I don't know why you're calling it a conspiracy theory when they <laughs> literally were? Okay, so if you're like Nika I found and you're somebody one in my cabinet, <laughs> but
0: it wasn't from Wayfair. It also wasn't my apartment. But
1: <laughs> where are you finding children in cabinets?
0: I you know, I don't want to talk
1: about it. Nika, that was an elf on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> Right, i was on acid <laughs> <laughs> you're like i knew it i knew the wayfair thing was real someone's like that's literally a christmas decoration um <laughs> I'm like hey what am i doing in that shelf uh? <laughs> you're you crawl into a cabinet and you're like see see what wayfair doing i'm, like, I'm- <laughs> doing
0: it in an ikea
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're like it's it was never wayfair it was ikea all along and ikea's like ma'am get out of the cabinet we also don't sell the cabinets from the floor. You pick it out, and then we sell it in a box next <laughs> that a person couldn't fit in. At the next
0: insurrection, I'm going in a cabinet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Wait, that would actually be such a funny Halloween costume. Is like going oh, as like oh a Wayfair gosh.
0: cabinet. Wait, I'm going as a cabinet next year for Halloween. <laughs>
1: Okay, this is not this is not a laughing matter. This affected real people's lives, and we're yeah. about to talk about it. So if you're anything like Nika and you believed the conspiracy theory, <laughs> um, you know, there were two camps. There were people who were like outraged at the thought that like Wayfair is participating in child sex trafficking, and they uh, had all this um, extremely confirmation biased proof of this. And I used air quotes when I said that. I'm sure you heard. I'm sure you heard my fingers doing air quotes. Um, If you're on the other camp, where kind of the rest of us were, you were like watching this all go down and laughing at how ridiculous it all was. Yes. Um, Because it's very reminiscent of something that didn't happen too long before this, which is Pizzagate. And if you've been living under a rock and you don't know what Pizzagate is, it's essentially a conspiracy theory started by the QAnon contingent of people online QAnon being um, like a far right (laughs) radicalized group of truly brainwashed people who believe that this this anonymous person named Q is like giving them uh, it's like political like insights. So funny
0: that it's like their gossip girl.
1: It is Q Q is their gossip girl. Yeah, and if so you finished funny. Gossip Girl, you know that Gossip Girl was Dan all along. That's so crazy. I've never watched Gossip <laughs> Girl. But that's so cuckoo. Like even
0: I know that's cuckoo that it's
1: Dan. Yeah. So like,
0: I always thought it was Blake Lively.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think I, mean, I never watched. It was so it was know? postured to make us believe that it was going to be Blake Lively. But also, if you watch it knowing that it was Dan. Okay, this is such a tangent that doesn't matter, but it doesn't—it doesn't end up making sense. There are multiple times where Dan finds something out through Gossip Girl. Okay, like in the show, it's yeah. very much like Pretty Little Liars, where they didn't know who Gossip Girl was going to be, the same way Pretty Li- Little Liars went into it not knowing who A was going to be, okay. and it just like is pure chaos if you watch it in retrospect because yeah. it's like, wait, none of this makes sense. No, and in a, w- right. in a way, that's also what Q and is. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know in a way this like anonymous person the a if you will or the gossip girl if you will um there's it's very much uh it's it's so chaotic that who they claim to be doesn't make any sense it doesn't um it doesn't actually offer like the the predictions they've made like all, none of it actually adds up or or ultimately um, if you are not already indoctrinated into the q message board like way of thinking, it's so obvious that this is just bullshit all of it. but there's a whole group of people who like q is their religion, mm-hmm. um and so is christianity, full circle venn diagram there, and um this fucking <laughs> anonymous person um, has riled them all up into believing that there's like this enormous child sex trafficking problem that's being swept under the rug in America. And specifically that politicians and celebrities participate in child sex trafficking in the basement of a specific pizza place in Washington, DC. And the belief in this um, being the case and the fact that they think that like people like, Hillary Clinton and like Nancy Pelosi are like huge key people involved in this sex trafficking um, has made multiple members of QAnon like show up to this pizza place with guns trying to like save these kids that are not there, you know, and so, you know, if you know, you know, and most of us know what Pizzagate is and what that whole situation was. Wayfair was basically, this Wayfair thing was basically Pizzagate 2.0, where now there's all these people that, um, purport that their mission is saving children from sex trafficking in America. And their new obsession, um, is that this website has cabinets that are listed as way too expensive. Um, with names that sometimes have similar names to um, missing quote-unquote missing children Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in America. And so because of um, noticing that there's like these $10,000 pieces of furniture that in the name of the furniture is also the first or last name of like a name on a missing child poster from four years ago, People decided to put literally no more research into that coincidence um, existing and uh, d- just deciding full and believing full heartedly that these kids are um, being sold via Wayfair as like fake furniture, basically. And so this first starts being. Um, Per- this like myth mm-hmm. first starts being perpetuated by pizza gate QAnon type people. For example, one of the first times that this is um, tweeted about it's by um, a woman who goes by amazing Polly on um, YouTube and, um, She's known to have, uh, videos about. About Pizzagate, for example, but also she has videos like how to fight Islamic prayer in school or diversity is a con job. Um, you know, that kind of person, <laughs> that genre of person. She tweets, My spidey sense my spidey senses are tingling. What's with these quote unquote storage cabinets? Extremely high prices, all listed with girls' names and identical units selling for different amounts. Um, she tweets this on June 14th, 2020. Um, with a picture, like with a screenshot of expensive Wayfair cabinets with girls' names. um, And so, you know, there's like rumblings of QAnon people specifically kind of like deciding to uh, care about this and think that this is um, a problem. Obviously, because it's Twitter and the internet works the way it works, um, this reaches other people. And so people start... QAnon and non-QAnon people start to just kind of like talk about it, give it some traction. Um, people start, like I said, seeing that some of these names are also the name of a of like some missing child's poster and just starting to like rack up this like, in their opinion, evidence of this claim. Um, one such person that was not a QAnon supporter that this reached was a woman by the name of Zari McFadden, who was about 20 years old at the time um, that she came upon this, she is a Twitter activist and um, a black woman in North Carolina who cares very deeply separate of all this QAnon stuff about Um, black and brown girls who go missing and nobody cares which is like you know a big problem in america so like rightfully so coming from that perspective um she she notices um this wayfair drama and sees that one of the people that um is being you know is allegedly being sold on this website is this like, or, or not even allegedly being sold, but like being speculated to have, uh, be being trafficked on Wayfair is a black girl that, um, went missing named Samara. And, um, Samara Duplessis. And there is a Wayfair pillow listed at $10,000 called the Duplessis Zodiac Sign Astrological Constellation Personalized Throw Pillow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Long title, I know. Um, And so, as a person kind of completely outside of the world of pizza gate or any of that, but just like a person who cares about black girls going missing and it not getting enough attention. She tweets, um, y'all this Wayfair human trafficking thing is crazy. Look at this. There are two pillows slash shower curtains that are the exact same, but one is $100 and the other is $10,000. The $10,000 one is named the same thing as a black girl missing in Michigan. She tweets this on July 10th, 2020. Um, so this tweet is um overnight it gets over 64,000 retweets. Um I think the kind of angle that she she tweets about it from and the the audience that she has it um goes farther than if just a QAnon person was tweeting it to other QAnon people, you know. She like brings this to a whole new um, audience with a whole new like reason that they care, um, and there is um, a researcher analyzing the false claims about Wayfair would pinpoint Zari's tweet as one of the most powerful spreaders of this misinformation. Um, so even though she wasn't the one who started it, this is definitely like a, one of the the big moments that this became like bigger than just a small little QAnon-only conspiracy theory. Mm -hmm. This is, it's probably thanks to her tweet that this reached our ears, for Mm -hmm. example, you know? Because there's plenty of shit QAnon talks about that we don't fucking know because we're not on those message boards. (laughs) Shut up! Um, Um, I'm on QAnon. So... Zari is a person that, um, like, has, I think, a little bit more um, discernment than a classic QAnon person. And she was actually planning on starting graduate school in the fall um, to pursue a PhD in algorithmic bias researching the ways technology could be helpful or harmful. Mm. And so as she read the replies to her tweets, she saw how many people were telling her the Wayfair claims were being debunked. And um, they informed her that journalists had found old Facebook posts from Samara's parents saying she had been returned home safely. So Zari was just like, okay, um, I don't know if this is true. Like, it seems like this isn't even something that... um, is like even though this tweet is getting a lot of traction and that like feels cool because I felt like I was making a difference now I feel uncomfortable about it because this seems like I'm just spreading misinformation so she ends up deleting all of her tweets about this but she knew that the like 64,000 retweets and then therefore hundreds of thousands of impressions this made like has already happened and she can't take that back and it's true um this spirals way out of Uh, just a little observational tweet of like, huh, what's going on here? And it turns into a full blown fiasco. So let's talk about Samara, the girl in the missing poster. She was 13 years old at the time, and in May of that year, she ran away from home for two days because she was like in a fight with her mom, and she was like, I'm going to show my mom, and I'm going to go live life on my own, as many 13-year-olds either dream of doing or sometimes do. It's not that uncommon of a thing to happen. And what's also not that uncommon of a thing to happen is for her parents to absolutely lose their minds for those two days and make a ton of missing persons posters and like have search parties because their 13 year old girl they don't know where she is. Um, so there's um, a few articles go online during this time that are like if you see this girl, send information to the police, you know, just a classic parents freaking out because they can't find their daughter situation. You see this girl. If you see this girl. girl. Um, they find her. Safe and sound, as 92% of missing children in this country are found safe and sound, usually mere days later, because most situations are a situation like this. Um, They find her, but what also (laughs) happens in most of the cases of missing children who are found safe and sound, none of the articles about her are updated, Or, you know, not none of them, but a lot of the articles, a lot of the shares of her poster are not updated. A lot of the tweets about it are not updated, um, but they just move on with their lives because she's home, she's safe. And now what they have to worry about is rebuilding trust as like parents and a daughter, you know, Mm -hmm. they don't really think about these posters that are still existing on these not very trafficked, like local Michigan websites, you know, Mm -hmm. um, Interesting choice of words I just used. Traffic is also the word for attention a website gets, okay? We have a limited language. Um, so when, uh, Zari's tweet starts getting a lot of traction on Twitter, um, a mere two months after Samara is safe and sound at home and just trying to live her life and, um, trying to get her parents to like get over the fact that she ran away and that she's not going to do it again. And, you know, just trying to like be a 13 year old girl again. Um, She and her parents start getting phone calls and messages about um, this weird thing that people are saying online that like there's a photo of her next to a $10,000 throw pillow on Wayfair. And like people are saying that she's being trafficked Um, obviously this is a terrifying thing for both her parents and for her to see because they don't automatically assume like, oh, this is just a misunderstanding and people are, um, using this like out of date missing persons poster for, uh, the sake of like causing a conspiracy theory frenzy. What they see is a price... And their daughter's face next to it. So for the next few months, while all of this, while there's investigations going into Wayfair and there's all this drama about um, this conspiracy theory, all they can really think about is her safety. And she develops incredible anxiety about, um, like, not knowing where she is or isn't safe, not knowing if somebody is trying to traffic her, like if she's going to get kidnapped. Um, And also she's like already living in like the shadow of this mistake she made of running away and losing her parents' trust. So now she's like on like double super protective parental lockdown Mm -hmm. because her parents are, you know, reasonably freaked out by this whole thing. Um, she's not the only person with this experience. There were multiple other, um, previously reported, um, missing children that, uh, had been found and safe and sound, but much like Samara, there wasn't really, um, like updates or at least as like, um... As publicly, like, obviously, people share like wildfire a missing child's poster, but people don't necessarily share like wildfire the update that the kid has been found, you know? So even in the cases where there were public updates, they were not necessarily the, as easily accessible information about these missing kids. So there is um one girl in Texas who had run away for a few days in 2017, um, but was recovered and now... At 19, she posted a TikTok to show everyone she was just fine. Um, Her mother... uh, Sorry, hold on. Her mother, on the other hand, um, for her, like, having her child be... having her child's missing post missing child's poster shared all over again was like opening this wound of like the scariest time of her life, which was when her kid was missing. So even though everything's fine and she's not actually in a Wayfair cabinet, um, it was uh, extremely like triggering for her family to now have her missing, missing poster shared online all over again. Um, even though she's fine. Um, Her mom said, I just started shaking all over. Everything was bringing back the memories of when that poster was made, when she had run away. Another example, um, a 16 year old boy from Maryland tried to ignore how many people were sharing a picture from when he had gone to stay with friends for a few weeks without telling his family. He'd since then been placed in foster care and was working toward joining the military. Um, one day when he was at Walmart, an employee recognized him as one of the boys next to a picture of a $10,000 pillow on Wayfair in, like, these articles about the sex trafficking conspiracy. He said, chill out. Everything is good. But she called the police anyway. Um, one 18-year-old girl went on Facebook Live to demand people stop saying she was being sold in a cabinet. Commenters refused to listen. They said she was probably being forced to make the video or that she should be grateful people were trying to help her. She said, you're mad because I'm telling you that I'm not missing. Um, and one of the 530,000 viewers on her live stream commented, um, put her ass back in the cabinet because she didn't like the tone she was taking with everyone. Um Hundreds and thousands of people apparently wanted to help these children. That's why they cared so much about this conspiracy theory, right? But when it came to the kids actually coming out and saying that spreading this misinformation is doing us harm, those same people seem to not really give a fuck. Um, Samara's mom tried calling the Michigan Attorney General, and they told her to call the FBI, and the FBI never got back to her. Um, And that has been kind of just the general consensus is that there's nothing that like anyone can really do to protect these kids from this like online harassment that they're getting. Um, there's also surprise, surprise, real life victims of sex trafficking that this has severely negatively impacted. For example, nearly two months after Wayfair was trending on Twitter, um, a woman, uh, was in the emergency room in Florida for a sexual assault examination. And um, the nurse immediately recognized the warning signs that this woman was a trafficking victim. And so she called a local advocate who came and um, was able to basically um gather the information that this was a woman in her 30s who had been coerced by two men to sell herself out of a hotel in exchange for a place to stay. This advocate's name is Katie Howard, and she explains that um this is how most sex trafficking works. It's not people, like, stealing someone off the street and selling them online on, like, the black market or on Wayfair. Mm-hmm. It's usually a vulnerable person who is exploited or taken advantage of by people that they know Um, it's someone who's in a position where like, like this woman, like needs a place to stay or needs help with something and someone in their life that already is part of their life takes advantage of that vulnerability. Um, Not to mention a lot of the reported quote-unquote sex trafficking in America is actually consenting sex workers, and it is reported as sex trafficking because we seem to not be able to, like, understand that someone could ever possibly willingly do this kind of labor. Yeah. Um. So... While there are definitely, and I'm not denying, obviously there are people who are victims of trafficking and being coerced into this labor, there are a lot of people who are willing participants of sexual labor who, when they get arrested, which, by the way, when often when people are, quote-unquote, saved from sex trafficking, they are arrested yeah. for solicitation, so like I don't know in in what other um, circumstances saving someone involves charging them with a uh, crime, but um, often when people are quote unquote saved from sex trafficking, they are they were actually just uh, a consenting sex worker mm-hmm. so that is important when you like look into like sex trafficking in America that's a very important thing to keep in mind when you look at the numbers and stuff but yes the people who are being sex trafficked and being taken advantage of and being coerced and forced into this kind of labor it's by people that they know um what's unfortunate is that there aren't usually en- enough resources to really do much for these people but ideally the ways to help people in these positions is give them the resources um, for the thing that was motivating them into that coercive position in the first place. Mm -hmm. So in this case, what was really important was finding this this woman, a place to stay so that these people who are offering her a place to stay in exchange for this work um, that she was being forced to do. um, That's no longer something that, an exchange that appeals to her, you know? Um, So Katie calls the national human um, trafficking hotline, which that's their whole job is providing resources to people being coerced into commercial sex or any kind of forced labor. But when she called, she was placed on hold Um, because it was late. She decided to file a written assistance request for the victim. Instead, the inbox that this request landed in um, was inundated with people demanding that this, um, human trafficking, uh, assistance hotline, um, help with the, the problem happening in, on Wayfair. <laughs> that these people, um, are not doing enough to fix the sex trafficking that's happening on Wayfair. So there's just like thousands and thousands of emails of these quote unquote well meaning people that want to save these kids in Wayfair cabinets that are none of (laughs) no children are in these Wayfair cabinets, but um, they insist on saving them anyway. Um, And they're clogging the inboxes. And I assume also the reason why this person was put on hold is because they're also on the phone lines. Um, So The people working at the nonprofit that operates the hotline on the on the uh, behalf of the Department of Health and Human Services um, are not able to actually get to the requests of actual people in need in a timely fashion because they're just kind of sifting through and responding to these wayfair things saying, we've actually heard about this. We understand that law enforcement has already determined that this information is unfounded. Um, and this was a problem that they had during pizza gate too, that there is an and well before pizza gate. There is like all kinds of sensational myths people believed about trafficking from zip ties on cars to secret messages in the snow. And so for years, all of these like um, help hotlines for trafficking victims have been explaining to the public that most victims of sex trafficking are exploited by someone they already know. Um, As as this article goes on to say, the charming guy from Instagram whose threats don't start until the 10th date, the generous landlord who offers a different way to pay rent, the heroin addicted parents who just this once let someone pay to touch their teenager. Um, So in this case, by the time, um, the hotline was able to get around to this particular written assistance request. Um, The trafficking victim in need already got cold feet and was scared that, you know, asking for help was going to put her in more danger. And she had left the hospital by the time they were able to get back to her with any kind of resources. um, And they were unable to get in touch with her again. So for all we know... She probably went back into the same circumstances. The National Center for Missing and Exploited Children and um, the uh nonprofits that run various other hotlines for trafficking victims. Um obviously it's their obligation with any tip they get to pass that information on to local police and federal agencies. And so then that also takes up the time of these, and you know, a cab, I don't really care about the time that's being taken up by police, but the time that could be put into investigating actual, um, instances of exploitation is being wasted on researching and investigating, um, what is ultimately just kind of like a hysterical online conspiracy theory. Um, at Homeland Security, this impacted all 30 field offices. Um, that that time could be spent trying to identify victims and doing the stuff that investigators needed to need to do in order to get um, a prosecution and ensure that these traffickers go to jail. Um, once again, I'm not necessarily <laughs> advocating for law enforcement to like have more time to crack down on trafficking because often what that means is they're actually trapped like cracking down on consenting sex workers. Um, However, I'm also in a perfect world. What they are dealing with when they're dealing with um, human trafficking is like actual human trafficking. And it would be great for that time to be spent dealing with that, you know, and um, saving people from these exploitive situations. Um, So obviously law enforcement looks into Wayfair because it would be crazy if they didn't with the amount of um, attention this is getting. Um, And essentially what had happened, like how this all even became an issue um, is that Wayfair is a company kind of like Amazon where, Um, It's just kind of like a third party, um, like it has its own, it it does have its own products, but it also is just like a third party um, website that people can list, like other companies can list their furniture on and um sell it through wayfair so when (laughs) shut up well
0: i mean you've yet to disprove (laughs) to me anything so
1: what happens is if the person that is filling in the information about the product they want listed if anything goes wrong in the um in the price Mm. portion Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Please stop. I know. (laughs) I'm (laughs) listening. Oh, my God. Shut up. Um, If there's anything that goes wrong while they're filling out like the prices or like, you know, if there's a sale going on and there's any kind of error in that data entry, um, Wayfair has like this automatic feature so that. Um, people are not being over or undercharged before that error is corrected they just make the product automatically be listed at $9,999 okay. um, so that if like because that's such an outrageously high number um, nobody's going to accidentally pay the wrong price while the price is still in limbo for this product Obviously what would be a better idea is that the product just isn't even listed while there's a discrepancy with prices, Mm -hmm. but this just happened to be what like the automatic thing was because in for them, it like it being listed at $10,000 is it might as well not be listed. You know, nobody's like looking at that product and being like, for sure I'm going to buy this. Um, And the, there are plenty of products on this website that are, um, in this kind of like ether of just being listed at $10,000 that don't have a corresponding missing child name. There's like thousands upon thousands of items that exist in this area of the website, um, that there's no, like missing child poster to uh say goes with this product there just happen to be a handful of products that have a coincidental name with these children mm-hmm. but all of the children that or at least most of these children that um, were like roped into all of this and used as examples of children being sold on Wayfair are the children that I like that we just talked about the kids that had been found and like yeah. were never kidnapped by anybody or like never put in a position to be um, uh, taken advantage of in that way. Mm-hmm. So it is very clearly just a coincidence, those products, but also there's like way more products that don't have any correspond quote unquote corresponding child um and then there's also a lot of these cabinets the ones that are like super expensive um that were like even more than ten thousand dollars are just restaurant grade cabinets that that is their price they are like fifteen thousand dollar cabinets the people of QAnon. For them, it's not just about these children, it's about this, like, culture, um, this, like, this cult, essentially, that they're in mm-hmm. of saving the children, like, the, the Pizzagate people and, um, the people in QAnon that care about, like, kind of the bigger picture of their, like, you know, their, like, mission as a group of people. Mm-hmm are not that they're so far deep into their confirmation bias, but also the use of um sex trafficking as like their way they hook people in and radicalize people that of course, there's no reasoning with these people or convincing them otherwise. Um, and one of the ways that QAnon has so successfully brought people into their radicalization is basically by like, preying on well-meaning specifically women's um instinct to like protect children. Mm-hmm. And so it's a very effective way that QAnon has been able to um get more and more people who otherwise would not you would not think would be so easily radicalized by the far right um by like kind of using this um like This one issue of like, we're going to save all the children that are being trafficked in America. Mm -hmm. They've been able to wrangle in more and more, um, honestly, like women that don't have like anything else to do, especially during like 2020, because we were all spending a, (laughs) listen, we were all getting radicalized in 2020. We were all on the internet, um, getting inundated with, um, like, Algorithm biased information that was being fed to us. And so for some of these people, the thing that they were getting wrangled into, they didn't even realize was politically motivated. So one such person who fell victim to this and her life um, was lost because of it is a woman named Roseanne Boyland, who um first started like flirting with QAnon because of specifically the wayfair sex trafficking um conspiracy theory that came across her news feed in summer of 2020 she spent she specifically the um the tweet about samara is like the first that she saw and she spent all night researching this horrible Wayfair sex trafficking situation um, and fell down the QAnon YouTube rabbit hole. Um and slowly fell further and further in from that day. And it started with her sending links about Wayfair to her family and her sister being like, This is crazy, but it seems like my sister is like really upset about this and like actually like really wants to like be part of putting it to an end. Like you know, her her family members just started noticing, like, wow, this is becoming like Roseanne's passion is saving these kids from these sex trafficking rings. And um Roseanne fell further and further into like pizza gate conspiracy theories and um became like a true believer that, you know, the politically powerful people in this country are trafficking children and that like nobody is going to do anything about it except for Donald Trump, mm-hmm. because that's like the QAnon rhetoric of 2020 was that Donald Trump was like the only hope of like bringing this all to an end. Cause he's going to like, he's going to blow the lid off of the whole operation and like show everyone the truth. Um, and so Although YouTube had begun removing false information about Wayfair and QAnon um, in July of 2020, Roseanne's family said she was still finding video after video about the furniture site and Jeffrey Epstein and the Clintons and Pizzagate and pedophiles, etc. In a couple week period, she was fully into QAnon and the celebrities eating children for their, um, what what is it, adrenochrome or whatever it's called? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, but I don't know. How that's yeah. But, you know, the, the conspiracy theory that celebrities are eating children to, like, yes. stay young and keep their power and all of that. Yes. Um. So her family just, like, is at a loss at this point. They can't believe how quickly she's fallen into this. They're Googling things like how to save your family from, or how to say how to free your family member from a cult. Um. By the fall, Roseanne, who'd never voted or shown any interest in politics, was touting Trump's brilliance. By the holidays, she was talking about the election being stolen and that she was certain that on January 6th, Trump was going to announce the arrest of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and his master plan to save the children. Um, they really didn't want her to go to the insurrection. Her family thought it was a really bad idea. They also like politically just disagreed with her, but they just... They knew that this was going to be like a dangerous and not well-planned thing and that like Trump was not actually, the, you know, not actually going to do the things that all these people thought was going to happen if they stormed the Capitol. Uh But um, she insisted. She said, if I'm wrong, you guys can do whatever you want to me. I just have this deep down feeling that I'm right and I want to be proven that I'm right. Um, so on January 6th, Roseanne went to the Capitol for and was part of the insurrection. And as a mob stormed the Capitol, Roseanne was in their midst. As they battled the line of police trying to protect the polished brass doors, Roseanne was lying on the terrace unconscious. She would become one of the four people to die in the riots that day. Um, the police attempting to reach Roseanne that day. Um, were attacked with fists and flagpoles according to prosecutors pursuing the cases against some of the rioters and there's video footage showing one man reaching over her body to bash a helmetless officer with a baton. These are the same motherfuckers who were calling us violent rioters last summer. Mm -hmm. Um, To her gleeful attackers on the internet, Roseanne was a meme in the making. A woman with a don't tread on me flag trampled by her own co-conspirators. But to Blair, Roseanne was still the person who went with her to see Green Day for her first concert, who took pictures at family parties, who had truly believed she was doing her part to fight something evil. Um so, you know, Roseanne's story is not that uncommon. I mean the death part is obviously an extreme outcome, but Um, There are a lot of just, like, well-meaning, otherwise very apolitical people that QAnon has been able to, like, rope into their um, radical politics Mm -hmm. through these, um, you know, easily, you can easily convince someone of these, like, noble fights that they're fighting. Like, it's hard to argue with saving the children, you know? Um, Especially if you're not somebody who knows much about misinformation and about conspiracy theories and about how people can literally get online and say anything. Yeah. Um, it's not completely out of the cards for a otherwise like pure-hearted good person to get wrangled in something this dark, you know? Um, so content warning for the following, but there are some pretty Grim outcomes of other people who have been wrangled into QAnon. Um, and some of them involve, uh, the, I mean, ironically, the abuse of and death of children, which is what these people got involved in QAnon to stop in the first place. Yeah. So it's really fucked up and sad that these are the outcomes, but there's, um, An example of a woman driving drunk in Texas repeatedly, repeatedly ramming her car into another vehicle. Um, She told the police that the driver she struck was a pedophile and had kidnapped a girl for human trafficking, which that was completely unfounded. Um, And she was a QAnon person Um, in New Hampshire. A woman who had been talking about QAnon and sex trafficking barricaded herself and her own two children in an upstairs bedroom. Um, she then lit the room on fire and pleaded not guilty to arson and other charges, but court records show that when the family was rescued, her nine-year-old daughter told an EMT, when the bad guys broke in, my mom set the fire to protect us. In California, a mother struggling with depression began to tell family members that she alone was responsible for the coronavirus and that her husband was involved in a sex trafficking ring. One evening in April, when her kids, ages three, two, and six months old, were in the bathtub, she drowned them all. Oh,
0: she Andrea Yates
1: I killed my children, she told um, an interviewer for um, KGET. Oh, I hate myself for it, but like I said, I wasn't about to hand them off to be continuously tortured and abused. I promised to protect them from everything that would come their way. Oh. Good. As these women await their trials, their families are questioning what consu- what they consumed on social media and how it twisted their minds so quickly. Um, a recent document leak from a Facebook whistleblower showed that before the company cracked down on misinformation, its own algorithms promoted QAnon content and encouraged users to join QAnon groups. Um, today, Facebook remove it, re, Facebook purports to remove all pages, groups and Instagram accounts connected to QAnon. Um, it sends people searching for, uh, save the children, um, directly to information about the nonprofit of the same name. And, um, YouTube and YouTube and Twitter said that they have ousted thousands of users for spreading extremist content. um, Amazing Polly, the woman that I talked about earlier, um, has been banned from YouTube and had her most influential Twitter account shut down. She and other QAnon influencers remain on fringe platforms, but most now have far fewer viewers. Um, but despite that, the Wayfair conspiracy theory has continued to reach new audiences. It has thrived most Um, on TikTok, where young content creators have racked up millions of views, repeating the trope that unusually high-priced items are related to trafficking. Um, Along with Wayfair, they've gone after Walmart, Amazon, and Etsy. Um, eBay was accused of being involved in trafficking when someone listed a McDonald's chicken nugget for (laughs) $100,000. Uh, a trafficking survivor who goes by the name jessica dean on her tiktok account um blood Bath, and beyond said that there is so much information so much misinformation about sex trafficking on tiktok she spends her nights and weekends making videos to counteract it no she tells her 352,000 followers walmart is not selling kids via five thousand dollar shoe listings um the spam texts you're getting from bots are not traffickers hunting you down. Empty baby car seats on the street are not traps to lure women into trafficking. Um but of course uh there there are many users on TikTok that claim that she's just like a plant to like throw people off the trail and all of that. Um It's very easy to scare women under 60 seconds, she said um sisters believe she was scared too and as the anniversary of her death approaches Lana and Blair her sisters still wonder if Roseanne would have given up on QAnon once the predictions about Trump didn't come true um so yeah I think that uh obviously (laughs) there's like so many different reasons that this went wrong and has like ruined and or like ruined lives and or ended lives mm-hmm. um but i think like the main thing is uh the main you know the moral of the story Aww.
0: Aww. moral of the story is
1: very much that um it's very easy to take advantage of and exploit, you know, the, the two things that this is supposedly all about is, uh, taking advantage and exploiting, um, vulnerable people. And in this case it is happening, but the people being exploited and taken advantage of are these, um, people that like, honestly, obviously have like unchecked mental illness. Yeah and um are not like you know super politically plugged in people as most people in this country aren't and in this world aren't you know there are people that are trying to mind their business and like trying to just like be a good person and care about care about taking care of other people supposedly and people who have radical political agendas are taking advantage of that yeah and it's like it's interesting that it is kind of like a trafficking of people's like brains. Yeah. Anyway, any thoughts? Well, you know, you and I are fundamentally never
0: really going to see eye to eye. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. On this, and I think it's important that we can have this dialogue, disagree, and still be friends. Mm-hmm. Um. And can you stop trying to put me into that cabinet?
1: <laughs> Sorry, I just... Jesus there's just, like, Anya. a really big buyer that I'm trying to get this to as soon we as possible. We actually have to wrap
0: up because Anya's telling me again. <laughs> I, <laughs> again! <laughs> First OnlyFans and now the way for a cut. I am just...
1: Okay, once again, if I'm trafficking you on OnlyFans, I'm waiting for my cut <laughs> is all I'm saying. I'm waiting for my cut,
0: bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, everything you said is so true, girly. Um, people are... People are crazy, but mostly people like these people are just looking for somewhere where they feel heard and important.
1: Yeah, they're looking for community. They're looking for they,
0: what they need is to go back to church.
1: Yeah, what they like, need is friends. I don't even
0: believe in organized religion, but like, please stop shutting down churches. Yeah, send these people back to church.
1: What these people need is to do acid in the woods with just like some cool people. They, these people <laughs> no,
0: they don't. need to be able to like go sit in a church basement again. On like a Wednesday night church poker night, like that. Yes. you know these people, they need that. They need to eat off of like a styrofoam plate. Yeah,
1: in I a mean, there, it's, paneled room. It's um, we're just like in this wild moment in history where like people are isolated, both like because we're more isolated than ever anyway, but like also in 2020, I think so many people were able to be radicalized and QAnon because we were just literally isolated. Yeah, and it like cannot be understated how or overstated how important community is for like human well-being. It is like literally one of our needs along with like wa- water and shelter is just like friends.
0: Yeah.
1: Honestly, and that is one of the ways that these people are like able to get sucked into these like horrifying situations is because They're just lonely. Yeah. And yeah, we just continue to fail um, the people of the society in terms of just like resources as well. Like I said, I think a lot of this is also just like completely unchecked, like mental illness, like to be able to kill your kids over a conspiracy theory like this to protect them. It's like there's more going on there than your need of need for friends. Yeah.
0: No. I mean, that was way more than QAnon.
1: (laughs) Right. But anyway, it's very sad. Um, It's very sad that like one of the problems that a lot of these kids who were the children in these missing children's posters are facing is that their life is now um, forever dominated by this in a way that even though this is like last year's news cycle to a lot of us, for them, this is still the first thing that comes up if you Google them. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be the thing that continues to come up when they're like applying for college or applying for jobs or just like... You know, being a person out in the world that's like dating people and like mm-hmm. it's just like this thing that um they never know who like knows who they are because of this like who because now it's not just like obviously it wasn't ever sex traffickers that were that they needed to worry about. But obviously at first it seemed like that might be a concern. But really what they have to worry about are these conspiracy theorists that like think that they're like part of covering it up now. It's kind of like it's kind of like the Sandy Hook kids, you know, Mm -hmm. where it's like now a part of their life is like swatting away these people who um, are upset that they're not um, confirming their beliefs about this thing. Um, And that's just such a heavy thing to have to carry when you're, like, already, these are already troubled kids, like, to run away and, like, go missing for any amount of time is already a, like, intense thing to go through as a kid. And uh, the whole point of this was supposedly to, like protect children but it's like doing harm to and, and sex trafficking victims and it's doing harm to both of those demographics of people mm-hmm. and also doing harm to the people who believe it like they're literally dying themselves and like killing their children over these things yeah it's fucked up it's fucked up so besties stay off the internet except for listening to this podcast yes. um yes. don't let anyone radicalize you except for us and, but everything um, we say goes.
0: If you wanna talk about Wayfair, DM me. Shut up. Because Anya is only telling me one side of the <laughs> But I was there. I was in that cabinet. I saw it happen.
1: Roseanne, this one goes out to you. I mean Rip. Truly though, that's so sad. I mean, I'm not like, I'm not happy that she was at the Capitol insurrection, but how she got there is genuinely tragic to me.
0: Oh, rest in peace, Roseanne. You would have loved psychotherapy.
1: roseanne's family come on the pod
0: come on the pod
1: um samara come on the pod come on the oh pod. yeah we want to um put together uh best mistakes GoFundMe me for these kids to scrub this from the internet oh
0: yeah because you can do internet scrubs
1: yeah let's make it so your google pages are no longer it's no longer on the first page all of yeah, this you nonsense donate
0: to the gofundme to either of our Venmo's.
1: no <laughs> 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 all right to my value. <laughs> we'll make sure that's sent directly to the services of scrubbing Roseanne's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. internet or not Roseanne Samara's inter- internet um, uh, presence salut. as a Wayfair cabinet child or well in her case she's I guess a pillow <laughs> an astro- astrological pillow um, anyway yeah stay off the internet Subscribe to our Patreon. Um, Test your drugs.
0: Test your holes. And kiss kiss your your friends friends on on the the mouth. mouth
1: Merry Christmas.